0: In the gospel today, our Lord again replies and speaks to the chief priests and the elders of the people in more parables, these parables being a sort of continuation of the last ones, um, essentially that the feast is ready and it's time, right? Come to the feast. And it would be a, a fool not to accept the king's invitation to his banquet because if you ever want nice food, you go to the king's banquet, Right? This isn't just an ordinary invitation. This isn't just kind of your, your standard run-of-the-mill, you know, kind of dinner this invite. Is, this is the king. This is the best of the best, throwing a party for his son and, the, you know, the, with all the, the fine meats and all these kinds of things that are prepared. You that, know, people are too busy. You know, they have to go to work, got to go tend to the farm, got to go take care of some things, and they're too busy to go and be with the king to celebrate the king's son. And on account of this, they're left aside, and others, good and bad alike, are brought in to be able to celebrate the wedding feast. And so this is the the reality that our Lord is trying to speak to the chief priests and the elders of the day, is namely that, that the Lord God has sent his son, Jesus Christ, to them. And he's coming, he's calling them to the marriage feast, inviting them to the feast that is heavenly joy, heavenly life, a fullness of life. But they're too busy with the things of the world. They're too busy caught up in, in attending to this and attending to that that, that there's, no, there's no time. There's no time to go to spend with God. And so on account of this, on the hardness of their hearts, caught up in, in worldly things rather than in things divine, they are set aside. They lose their seat at the banquet, and their share goes to someone else, whoever's willing to take it. In the story of Christ, thats the Gentiles, which is the vast majority of us, I would think. It's the Gentile people, the people of, of the varying other nations who are not Israelites, who are not the Jews proper by their genealogical form. It's all the rest who are called, good and bad alike, to come and to find rest in the banquet and to enjoy the feast. We've been invited to join in the heavenly feast. And as we come, a garment was given to us, every one of us the day of our baptism we would receive a white garment. It's the custom of, of the church that, you know, we often have, you know, often the, the little ones come, and you're wearing the garment that, you know, your parents wore and the grandparents wear, and sometimes a poor child will come wrapped up in, in four layers of baby garments because everybody was baptized and all of them, and you've got to have all of them be there symbolically, right? And and so is this reality of the, of, the, of the garments that are warm, but, but always in the right, whether a child has a, 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 a fine gown already, a family heirloom, or if simply given a, a gown by Mother Church, the gown is warm, and it's a sign of, of purity, a sign that one has been cleansed from the things of the world, one has been brought into the banquet, one's been welcomed into the marriage feast of the church, and looking forward to the promised land that is to come, And as contemplating that reality, it's for us also to know that that as we go through earthly life, the challenge then is to keep the garment clean, to keep our garment unstained by the ways of the world, and to allow our hearts to become more and more perfected in Christ because we've been clothed in Him. The garment is a a sign of clothing ourselves in Christ, as St. Peter, or St. Paul rather, um, would often write about in his letters. And so it's a task for us, To be purified and sanctified. Because again, it's not that they don't go out and and say, you know, find the best of the best, find everybody who's already got their act together and let them come in. The rest of them kind of, you know, shoo them away a little bit, right? He says, let everybody come in, good and bad alike. So wherever we are in the spiritual life, wherever we are in the moral life, wherever we are in our life with the faith, the Lord is calling us to come closer and then to allow ourselves to be transformed to allow ourselves to become more and more like Christ. And this, of course, then, is a challenge. And none of us is perfect at it, but we're called nonetheless to strive. Speaking of a, a white garment, I'm reminded of the religious sisters, the Dominican sisters, who, at least I know in at least one community, it's the normative, uh, the normative protocol that on the day where the sisters receive their habits for the first time, the, the time where the, the, the new nuns get a fully white habit, what do they have for dinner but spaghetti with a nice red sauce? And we all know what happens when you eat spaghetti with red sauce and you got something white on, it's gonna get on you. It's a law of nature. We don't know how to avoid it, right? And so, in part, it's a kind of a, you know, a gentle kind of, you know, um, you know kind of jovial hazing of sorts to the new sisters to learn how to spot clean their habits whenever you get little, little stains from food and things on it. But also, it's a, a reminder to the individuals, you know, to these sisters who are covering themselves in Christ, they're brides of Christ. They've been received as brides of Christ. But as a reminder, it doesn't mean that they're perfect. They will fall short. And it's important to learn that at the first. It's important for all of us to remember this, that when we come to serve the Lord, we will fall short. We will sin. But it is not to allow these things to allow us to kind of discount ourselves out of the kingdom as to say, you know, I tried and, you know, it's, I, I just can't hold up to it, right? I just can't do it. I'm short. I'm a, I fell short. I'm a sinner, right? Christ loves sinners. And it's for sinners that He came to die, to be able to save us for the kingdom, and so it is for us, rather than giving up in the face of sin, rather giving up in the face of our faults and our weaknesses and our shortcomings, is to turn to our blessed Lord and to ask for his help continuously. The man thrown out is thrown out because he doesn't have a wedding garment. The wedding garment was often something that was given to those who were brought in, a kind of a name tag, if you will, to say, I belong at this event. And the wedding garment that we've been given at baptism continues to become more and more perfectly the wedding garment that we are to wear on the day of our entry into the kingdom. Our task is to do our best to keep it clean. We come come regularly to Holy Mass and to allow the bread of life to strengthen us to eternal life. To allow the Eucharist, which is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our God, to come and to give us the life that we desire and the life, the life that we long for. It's for us to have regular recourse to the sacrament of confession, where in those times where we do kind of uh, soil the, the garments that have been given to us, we can go and have them washed in the blood of the Lamb, and they are made clean once more. By the life of prayer, we're able to know our Lord more and more deeply and to hear His voice as He's calling us, to be able to follow after Him, and to preserve us from the places wherein the the stains might come. A sort of kind gesture of preserving us from stepping in a big mud puddle and making a mess of things and saying, hey, watch out for that, and drawing us around. In so many ways, all of these things, this taking part in the sacramental life of the church and the life of prayer of the church is a tremendous gift. But it's also for us to acknowledge the members of the body of Christ that share in this this gift with us. Because whenever we come to serve the Lord, we don't come as individuals. In the beginning, right in Genesis, God creates man, and he is alone. And the Lord, God says, it's not good for man to be alone. In a similar manner, our Lord never sent the apostles out two by two. The only one, it seems, that went out solo was Judas. Everybody else went in groups. And the same thing for us, that, that when we are baptized, when we take part in the life of the church, it requires of us others. One cannot baptize oneself. As easy and fantastic as it would be, I cannot look in the mirror and absolve myself of my own sins. Even in Holy Mass, where we we recognize that a priest can, in case of absolute necessity, celebrate the sacrament by himself, singly, without anyone else, the church always very, very, very strongly encourages us to ensure that someone is at least there to pray with us. We are built for community. We are made for community. And this reality of the community of the body of Christ is, it is both good and bad alike there are some who are in different ends of the spectrum. All of us in some different place and hopefully tending towards a positive end, but we never know given the particular state in life and, and our, you know, the, the season of life, as we say. But it's for us to be willing to love one another and to know that in this community, we can be built up. That we can be built up in Christ by encouraging one another, by praying for one another, by offering consolation to one another in times of difficulty, by supporting one another with the grace that God has given to us to bear our trials, St. Paul tells us in his scriptures, we are then able to give that same, that same grace, that same help to others. We were built for a communal life, good and bad alike, all together, side by side, and yet striving for the singular purpose of trying to keep our garments clean, trying to stay close to the Lord, to allow him to shine within us, to allow his life to become true life within us. And so as we offer this Holy Mass is to give thanks to God for the invitation he has extended to us, the invitation to the wedding feast of the Lamb, to heavenly life, a life of eternal joy. We pray that we might continually say yes to this invitation each day and to strive to keep our garments clean, to allow Christ to be more and more perfectly manifest in us, and to pray for one another, to encourage one another, and to offer, offer gifts and graces for one another. That together, it might not be a, a single individual who walks through the gates, but large groups of us, two by two, rejoicing in the goodness of our God.